Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where if you're playing the drinking at home game, you are you're gonna get crunk tonight because Miss Sally's doing all the emoting. My name is Mary. And I'm Josh. I just came back from a wonderful sting operation in a warehouse. And I'm Melanie. <laughs> I have nothing to say to that. Jeez, I have nothing. Nothing. I I was like I was like, wait a minute, warehouse, sting. Nope. No. Nothing. Sting and the police. The police were involved, yeah. but there was no sing there was no singing well, involved. To be either. quite honest, you guys. No. Sending out an SOS. <laughs> I got your message um, in a bottle. No. <laughs> no, honestly you guys it's been such you don't have to put on the red light it's Those been such a day over. that i literally all this stuff with with the work setup going on i got up and fed the cats and i went in the fridge and i started to drink like part of a leftover beer and realized i hadn't eaten oh you little woozy Fun. huh so i got i've already I'm already a little buzzed, nice. and I haven't had very much of this either. Because <laughs> I, I drank it, and I went, oh, shit. Because within, like, two you minutes, I it. was like, uh, Alcohol, nice. the cause and Damn. solution to all of life's problems. True. It wasn't even that high in it. alcohol content. But with no but with food. Josh. No food. But with no yeah. food. But let me tell you what. These two... I have no. I have not done shots like that. Probably in. I don't do did shots you, unless did, I'm with Sarah. Ten pickleback years. Sarah just kept pickleback? buying them. She did the pickleback. Oh. oh yeah, it was so bad. It was yeah. so bad. That's that's all we did. All we did was picklebacks. Mm. These two don't remember don't, walking back I to the hotel. Walking back, it was really really bad. It, oh. I, I guess we were in I, the elevator with the Sons of Anarchy guy. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, Mark. I, I, look, I look forward I to. I look forward to when the four of us can have picklebacks in person. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, memorable. Well, if, if you do the Atlanta thing sometime, we know a little spot up the road. So I'd like to thank our Patreon members: Brendan Fillick, Captain America, Sheen Pie, Justin Ware, Laura Bernheim, Brad Maholan, Anita Wren, and Kristen Carlano. And uh, if you're at all interested in Patreon, we're adding a bunch of new things. We have some new chapters from um, the the Raintree book that are coming up. We did a special DOA episode where we just kind of shot the shit and talked about. We actually this time we talked about fandoms. Um, well, because uh, last weekend Sarah, Melanie, and I met in person for the first time, and we Yay. drank some drinks. And talked about fandom and recorded it, and you get to listen to it on our Patreon. So if that's something you're interested in, go check it out. Um, and the you address have, is in your show notes. And do you have the still have the video of the after the barbecue in the Patreon? Oh yeah, and well at, oh, Omri? the okay. Omri Cats, the after the barbecue, is in the Patreon. Um, there's a bunch of our notes that we've taken on episodes. Uh, what else? We have a bunch of we have a lot of stuff on our Patreon right now. So if that's something you're interested in, you could go right now, and it's just all available right now. Are you a listening pleasure? Annie Wershing, who played Allison Jones from the DCT in the New Dallas, uh, she just passed yes. at 45 years old this past weekend of cancer. There is a GoFundMe page set up because she had three small boys. That, uh, and she left behind Aww. her husband. So too, sad. So, yeah. Aww. I don't like starting these shows with death no, things. Lisa, Mar no, Lisa Marie and Annie. And, but what's they, better is birthdays. To... Are there any birthdays? Birthdays. Uh, February 3rd, 1959 to 60, 60, 64. Year. February 3rd, 1959 was the day the music died, by the yes, way. Yes, it was. It was also the day... It was also the day Frederick Lean, who played Eddie Cronin, was born. Yeah. Oh, no yeah. shit. Wow. The exact same day. I only know that because February 3rd was my grandmother's birthday. Oh. Yeah. Not 1959, no. obviously. She turned, what, tw uh, 27 that year? 49, 39, 32. So. She was born 32. Oh, she was. A year before my father. Yep. And uh, yep. February 6th, 1943, 70, 79, 79 years old, uh, Gail Honeycutt, who played Vanessa Beaumont. This coming weekend, February 3rd and 4th, or 3rd, 4th, 5th, 
the Hollywood show out in, I believe it's in Burbank. Omri Katz will be there with Vanessa Shaw from Hocus Pocus. And then he's appearing at the in Pensacola, Florida with Patrick Duffy the same weekend that you, Mary, are doing the Twin Peaks uh, event. Yeah. Weekend of February 24th. And then 90s Con in March. Uh, he's there with some of the Hocus Pocus people. If there's any Twin Peaks fans, there are, listening to this, there is a Twin Peaks event in the real Twin Peaks, which is Snoqualmie, North Bend, Washington, February 24th to 26th, being put on by the town. So check it I out, therealtwinpeaks.com. I wish I could get out there. Someday. We're going to do it next year, too, so plan on that. And lastly, there was some uh, postings about the state of South Fork uh, from some people that have been there recently and saying that it was, looks like it's fallen on hard times. But um, they're in a problem. I would like to say they're in a period of reorganization under new management. So don't really. Yeah, let's hope throw let's, stones that's right what thing. it is. Yeah. A, a positive sign, though, is that after maybe almost two years away, South Fork's Instagram page resurfaced uh, with activity again this past December, and they're back. And so let's see. All right. So tonight we're talking about Season 5, Episode 25, Episode 102 of the series, Acceptance. Did you hear about your friend, Cliff Barnes? He's not my friend anymore. Well, the way I hear it, he's not anybody's friend anymore. Cliff, I want you to resign now. That's all I have to say to you. I just knew it was only a matter of time before you'd be sitting right where you are, gloating. Anytime you need a favor, come to OJR. Your favors are too expensive. Cliff has a fatal weakness, his ambition. Shouldn't a person be allowed to make mistakes? Or shouldn't they be prepared to pay a price if they do? It was written by Will Lauren, directed by Michael Priest, and aired April 2nd, 1982. Four years to the day that the series premiered. What was going on with Dallas, Josh? Well, this episode dropped to number two in the ratings from one. Oh, okay. And uh, going through uh, Barbara Curran's book, which is a great read if you want to pick that up at some point. Uh, Leonard Katzman thought that for Barbara Belgetti's losing Jim Davis was like losing her own husband again. It was a very emotional time Aww. for Barbara. Mm-hmm. And although he would make guest appearances in later seasons, I'm going to say seasons 8 and 12, depending on how you number the seasons, this was Lee McCluskey's last appearance as Mitch, as a regular. And he originally had a one-year contract, but they asked him to stay for a second year. And then at the end of the filming of this season, he was they were told he would not be back for season 5. And they asked, he asked why he was being written out. And uh, Phil Capice told him that Mitch was too nice. So, and he said, why don't they change him, Mitch, to become more interesting? Right. It's like you they know, had the power there. I hate <laughs> – I'm not going to say I hate showrunners, but I hate – I don't hate showrunners most of the time. I hate the executives. The, the people who make the decisions sometimes are – fucking stupid i don't know what they're thinking right like i think they, they could have done a lot more with oh, lee yeah. they, and lucy they could have done so much more mm-hmm. uh-huh. absolutely like i mean they had, had they could have had uh a mitch have an affair with evelyn and then maybe lucy's pregnant or something you know and then they have to figure that out you know that would have been a really good storyline to that, figure out it, honestly <laughs> that would have been the better way to go Probably. Speaking of, I think she's pregnant in this episode because she totally Mm -hmm. has like a book over her stomach in one scene and um, they keep shooting him from the neck up. Oh, wait a second. I, when was Cherish born? We figured this out before. She was born in 82 at some point. So they would have filmed this earlier. So she would have, I've been looking to see if I I could see if she's pregnant in any of these because I knew she would be during the filming of these. At some point. Are you looking up Cherish Lee? Okay. Yep. I will not go and look that up. I'll just keep plowing along. (laughs) Okay. She was born in 82. Okay. Was it August? August 20th. She's totally pregnant. Oh, yeah. 
I bet she was just starting a show when they were filming it. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Lee, Lee described his uh, experience on Dallas as a good one. He said the people were very nice and he learned a lot from doing the show. And it was such an interesting phenomenon and something that he has never seen before or since. And it was a great experience to be part of television history. And this episode but scene between Punk and Maselli is one of Morgan Woodward's favorites. And so Woodward good. found Barbara Bugatti's to be a delight. And Cliff's embezzlement power grab was a welcome development for Ken Kershaw, who thought his character was so nice Too that he nice. wanted – here's <laughs> his quote. He was so nice that I wanted to go to a toy company and market a Cliff Barnes doll where you wind it up <laughs> and it bends over to be kicked. <laughs> That's fine. Phil Capiso always felt that Cliff Barnes was bad underneath. He was a lecher, a cheapskate, a manipulator, but no one noticed because he was always going up against JR and losing to a greater person. Now that Cliff has come into a lot of money through his long lost mother, Rebecca, and can fight JR on his own terms, it changes things a little bit, but um, it's such unexpected gimmicks that keep showing up like those that keep the show going, Cliff, uh, Ken Kershaw said. Evil, schmevil, good or bad guy, he said it's just a job. Yeah. Thank you, Ken. Thanks, Ken. All right. So tonight we open on um, JR. He's in a flower shop setting up flowers being delivered to Suellen every single morning at 9 a.m., not too early. Um, oh, my including heart. weekends. You charmer. Yellow roses. You charmer. Yellow roses, which is, I think, maybe two, a little two, much. That'd be a little much for me, but I'm not swelling. Two dozen to her, and then he wants one dozen <laughs> red roses sent to Marilee Stone. This is once, though. Ms. Just Stone. once. Ms. Stone. Ms. Stone. Oh, hell no. Just this once. <laughs> Love that. And then um, a detective, Detective White calls Bobby and wants him to come downtown. About the Faraday matter. Uh-oh. Doesn't say murder, it says matter. Because you never know if these office ah. phones are bugged. That's true. That's true. But this whole that whole storyline, the detectives and the the dealers, it is just bad it's acting. A little se- or, it's just a it's little, little season two for me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Season two. Yeah, and it and it's they're the stupidest. Criminals. The stupidest criminals in the world. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is so bad. Thankfully, he comes back later as another character. Yeah, that's true. And may, that's what, at the end of this episode, I'm like, and little did we know, he has a twin brother. Who drinks Dos Equis. Um, So then we go to Donna, and she is torn between being honest in her book and honoring Maselli's feelings. And her publisher is Ed Chapman. And... He t- he tells her that there's no rush. Just why don't you just take some time and think about it? And Ray comes in. It's a lot better than the last time he came into a meeting with the publisher, and he was all, "I don't really give a damn." I'm a, a stupid cowboy. I'm a dumb cowboy. You don't want my opinion. <laughs> we don't, Ray. We don't. Yeah, because I'm breathing in too much cow manure fumes. Yeah. So he just gives her time to decide, so she's gonna. And Ray Ray almost is like it's almost like he has a crystal ball and he's like, Well, just take a beat because you never know what might happen. Right, you never you never know. He's been hanging out you with Abdon. That's right. Our <laughs> resident witch. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so then Rebecca Ooh, she visits Cliff in the office. Tells him to not take that phone call. He, yeah. He gives her a kiss and she you can just tell her she's cold. Mm-mm. You're she's as cold as ice. You're willing to she's sacrifice. Nope. She is not having it. Mm-mm. She says, you have betrayed me by embezzling. You're- and he's like, oh, but embezzling. And she's like, yeah, we're going to call what it is. And if you weren't my son, and this happened in some other company, what would you call it, Cliff? I mean, not wrong. Um, 
But he, then, he's just like, okay, hear my side. Listen to my side. And so he tries to explain it. And she's just like dumbfounded. She's like, you you haven't heard a word I said. I trusted you. Right. And you betrayed me. I want you to submit a letter of resignation now to the board. I don't want to see it. You don't have you can give no reason. You can say personal issues. Just be gone. And then as she's leaving, he says she's that. Like, yeah. Little yeah, Cliff yeah. comes out. Little Cliff comes out and he says, he's Mommy. like, Ma, Mama, I just, like, I don't care about the job. Like, I just don't want to lose you because, like, we had so much time apart and I, I don't want to lose you. And she just looks at him and she says, Bye, Cliff, and walks out the door. Oh, that is harsh. <laughs> Rebecca, ow! Cliff, Cliff, you should have pulled out the licorice. That is... Pull out the bowl of licorice. Like, I get she's pissed and feels betrayed, but she walked out on her five-year-old son for, like, 40 years. Like, you're not exactly... At least another shot. She, yeah, she can't throw stones. Right. She, if she throws it, she's living in a glass house. She's going to break the house. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell you, he should have pulled out the licorice bowl. He should have. I pulled felt like he out was, the he licorice He seemed like he had like tears welling up. Like, mama. Oh, God damn it. I remember you like licorice. You didn't even have any licorice. <laughs> Still and one of his police- favorite scenes. Yeah. At the police, they tell Bobby that his story is not adding up. Right. He, he said, they th- well, they did say that they did talk to Los Angeles. Faraday was into narcotics, but there was an envelope with Bobby's name on it. Right. At and the scene. so that. And Bobby's like, wait, what is it? And they're like, yeah, well, we're not telling you that. He's like, well, give it to me. And they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. This is a murder investigation. And you're a suspect. So we're not going to give it to you. That's an. He's like, just what is this evidence? Like, that's an old, like, that's an old cop trick, though. Like, oh, we've got everything on you. Even the stuff that. Open, they'll confess. And Bobby's like, fuck you. No, you don't. Even the stuff that we planted, we have. Right. Yeah, so Bobby's just like, but he, when this he case is wrapped up, he's like, when this case is wrapped up, that he can have the whatever was in that. Right. And they said it's an envelope fair. addressed to Bobby. It's something in an envelope. So that's all we know. Yeah. Now Ray pulls into South Fork and it's raining again at night. It is a rainy, thundery night. And I am beginning to think that they, when oh, they film this, they must have had each car drive up the driveway on the same yeah. rainy night just to get stock they, footage. They probably did. That's actually a good point. And they probably had the same driver drive each car. <laughs> so if you look closely, probably. It's, yeah. it's the same guy. This is a really even rainy the, year, 1982. Jeez. Even the women's cars, uh, if the yeah. women were driving, you look close and it's the same guy. Same yeah. dude. <laughs> yep. And we have to drink because Ellie is staring off into space in the living room. Oh, boy. How's your liver going to be after this one? Not good. Not good. Oh, man. uh, Yeah, so Ray walks in, and she does not want to talk about Donna. We're not going to talk about Donna. We're not going to talk about Judy. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking the same thing. (laughs) We're going to leave her out of this. That's right. Uh, but he and, I'm says, gonna, and, I'm, uh, and Ray is going to turn into a teapot. <laughs> he says he wants to talk about Donna and Jock. Oof. Ellie just looks at him. That's a double whammy for Ellie. Mm-hmm. And... He talks about how when he came to South, you know, he, Jock was almost godlike to him and 
then he saw that guy in the bar that talked about Jock being a crook in a crooked land deal, and and Ray punched him out, and it was just like Jock was a man; he wasn't perfect. They shouldn't put him on a pedestal, and right. Jock wouldn't he's, want that. He's just a human. He's just a human man, and we loved him. But he's human. He makes mistakes like everybody else. That's something I brought up. I remember a few episodes ago was like, you know, everybody's idolizing him once he passed. Yes, you did mm-hmm. bring that up. I remember. Yeah. And it's like, that's one thing I had a problem with. And it got, it seems like it gets even worse in the seasons as they oh, go yeah. on. About how great yeah. Jock was. And it's like, okay, he becomes the portrait on the wall. And I think, I, th- I think Ray Krebs heard you because he's not just a dumb cowboy at this point. He went in there and Ray he, Krebs is not a dumb cowboy. No, he's not. And Ellie did not respond. She just walked out of the room. Yeah, I think he had a really good point when he said that you're never going to do his just his memory justice by only remembering like the good parts of him. You're only remembering parts. That's not a whole person he was. And that's a really right. good point. That's right. Because he made her quite unhappy at oh, times. I am Takapa. She's forgetting that. Like they were literally almost getting divorced yeah. right before he went missing. Yep. So, yep. which is probably adding to guilt is my guess. It's probably making it worse. Because she realizes that that was wasted time for them. It was wasted time for sure. Yeah. Yep. And um, then we have um, Sue Ellen is receiving more roses and she's avoiding Cliff's calls. And Cliff is drinking on the other end. And she puts in the beauty pageant and she's watching that. So obviously oh, yeah, she's starting. But we we missed uh, Pam delivering breakfast to Ellie the next morning. A little scene between. Um. Oh yeah, that was that was such a quick scene, eh? It was such a quick scene, yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. Yeah. Just establishing <laughs> Ellie emoting again. Oh, we oh, emoting, oh pull up drink. Just sitting in her room, like staring at a wall. Yeah, Cliff does not look well. And, um, yeah, he's, you can tell that he's called that phone like 78 times. Right. <laughs> so S- Sue Ellen has, Mrs. Chambers is very good at, uh, diverting calls because, uh, she had plenty of practice when Sue Ellen was avoiding JR's calls. Yeah. And now she's doing it. To, now she's being done to Cliff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sue Ellen is starting to uh, crack it's, her. So it's like this videotape has a spell on it. Like yep. mm-hmm. she, she starts watching it and it's like all all of a sudden it's like a spell where she's like, oh, the good times with JR. Da, da, da. And, uh, and um, it's a trap. Baby. And it's the same exact scene in the video that was shown when last time. Yeah. Cause they, they bring up Mary Lou Barnes or whatever her name was, <laughs> they do. Yep. Yep. who I wonder, or I wonder if uh, Miss Corpus Christi, I wonder if, I wonder if she's a part of the, uh, Digger Barnes family. I don't know. I don't know. Distant relative. That would have been, a, that could have been a, uh, interesting twist. Bring in Miss Corpus Christi in later years as a relative of Cliff Barnes. Yeah. That would have shown very, at, very distinct attention to detail of And there was none. So <laughs> Yeah. That's how you can because tell that people do their homework. According they, to uh, yeah. the New Dallas series, Miss Ellie's in um, an institution at this point in, in in this year. So Oh that's true. Which is not happening. Right. I'm not bitter about it at all. Wait a second. I thought she was institutionalized. I thought, oh wow! I thought they had. They said she had been institutionalized like later, no, later, they, but more of like a they, nursing. More they like said nursing in eighty one. So this is just after eighty one that she had been in an what institution. Mm-hmm. No, unless it was over summer hiatus and somebody forgot to tell somebody else. <laughs> so Bobby calls the dealer to set up. Uh, 
The terrible Coke dealers. Leave, he leaves a message on, like, their answering machine. Okay. <laughs> and they're so terrible. I bet their message is like, if you need some cocaine, leave a message after the beep. If you if you need heroin, press That's two. At the, at the, at the tone. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was going to be like, what, what are they? They're the kind of people that you'd be like, hey, uh, yeah, yes, is this Mr. Drug Dealer? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to buy some cocaine. I would like I to mean- buy some of the cocaine, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, in what kind – what sizes does it come in? Um, can I supersize that, please? It's like when Homer Simpson went into the Quickie Mart to buy the illegal fireworks. He's like, yeah, I'll have some of those uh, condoms and this and the, uh, the pornography and this. Oh, and can I get some illegal fireworks too? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, please, um, please meet us at this address uh, and – if you have any issues, please come down to our drug dealer office, and uh, we will be glad to issue a refund if you have a bad product. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> and we will give you a free case of Dos Equis. <laughs> Possibly a movie Maybe. deal. That's right. So Jair goes to see Sue Wellen, bringing her more yellow roses because she needs more yellow roses, I guess. I'm sorry. This is This is... As much as I hate him sometimes, he knows what and he's all doing. I can think of, it bothers me. It bothers me that he knows about how much he's doing here. And mm-hmm. all I want to, when I see the yellow roses and hear him keep saying yellow roses, all I hear in the background is, and see in my mind is, a drunk Digger Barnes Digger played Barnes by David Wayne's yes, singing the Yellow Rose of Texas at the barbecue. Yes. And at the beginning of, uh, yeah, at the beginning of uh, the, the early years. Yeah, the early years. Mm-hmm. Same. That's what the song always reminds me of. Um, so she asks him if he wants to dig drink as well. And, you know, of course he does. <laughs> he comes over to tell her basically that Cliff Barnes is in trouble and that she's beautiful in this light. That's pretty much it. Rebecca fired him. Did you know that? And she's like, he's not my friend anymore. But she didn't know Cliff had been fired. And then he's like, you, that color looks real good on you. And he does this whole, like, what's different? What's different in here? I don't Oh, no, it's the light. It's just like, he looks so beautiful in this light. I'm like, God damn it. And you can just see and her she's like, like starry eyes at him. I'm like, God. You look sexy, mom. I want to bang you on this couch. Well, she, looked, <laughs> she looked taken aback for a minute. She was like, thank you. Right. But you know what he – it's a reversal. Her, she, he was, it's a reversal of what has happened before. He wanted to stay over the house in the past. Now he's dangling the carrot in front of her. And he's like, no, I got to go back to the office and do some things. And she's trying to get him to stay. Yeah. She offers to cook for right. him. She's like, can I fix you something to eat? I know. And he's just like, <laughs> like Sue Ellen, do you cook? Right. And he's just like, uh, he's like, oh, that's, that's nice of he, you, honey. I, but I got to get going. He's trying to make her. He's and trying then he to make puts his hand on her face, <laughs> and he's trying to make her want what she doesn't have. Uh huh. Yep. And then they do the same where then they close the door, and both of them on both sides of the door go, like, oh, they're being torn apart. But then Jr. kind of smirks and walks away because it's goddamn full of shit, and I hate that they worked on her. He was playing her. I hate it. You know. His smirk wasn't as smirky as it no, usually it is. It wasn't as smirky as, as it, was, it usually is. It was not as but smirky. It was kind of like it, there was like a half sincerity there. Like, yeah, like he was kind of like schoolboy, but also kind of like conniving schoolboy. Kind of like go either way. He played it this girl. so well that it yeah. could be either way, and that's he, the thing. He mm-hmm. he knew what he was doing. And spoiler alert: it reminded me of uh, when he went over to her house. In the new series, mm. and just did you notice that when he when he when his voice when Larry's voice drops an octave when he's talking to Linda as Jr. and Sue Ellen, he's usually sincere. Hmm, that's true. When he's not all you know ranting about something or blah blah something, I kind of picked up on thinking about it that's for now, true. like seasons. Well, yeah. all of them differently. When he's when he's serious, like when he really wants her to pay attention, like when he's like, mm-hmm. 
like, no, for real. Like, his voice drops an octave. Yep. It gets a little deeper. It's like correct. slowing down the speech for the, the, the children. A little bit. Kind of. Kind of. Because I... Coming up, like, later in this episode, he says something to her that I actually fucking believe. In that lower mm-hmm. voice. Ooh, so I'm intrigued. Oh. All right. You know Back what Back to is. stupid drug dealers. Stupid drug dealers. This was the easiest heist, or heist, raid in the history of race. Bobby wants to lay in for $100,000, and Smith says to meet him tomorrow night at 8 p.m. at a warehouse on Commerce. Can, can we talk about warehouse. the name Joe Smith? Right. Joe Smith. <laughs> We're going to meet Joe Smith at, at the, the warehouse. warehouse. And his, I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't say, and his buddy John Doe, number six. Like, I mean, that's like... We're gonna meet Joe Smith at the warehouse. Like that is basically like saying Joe Blow. What is that? I mean, Joe Blow. Th- yeah, Joe Smith. Like at the warehouse, <laughs> Mike and Jones like, at the port. The like, warehouse, which is just district? like what? okay. <laughs> the warehouse, which is just down the at road the from the store, which is near right. the restaurant. <laughs> That's right. There was a restaurant that said restaurant, wasn't there? Lucy goes in and tells Miss Ellie that um, Punk is downstairs and that he's yeah, come over the house. Yeah, she's like, there's a visitor. And Ellie's like, I'm not seeing anyone. She's like, but it's Punk. She's like, oh, why didn't you just say so? I'll be right down. And then she and he makes small talk with Lucy about her seeing her in a magazine and being you know, she, she looked beautiful. And she's gonna, that's That was kind of like awkward filler conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like Punk's a charmer. He's a charmer. He's just like, you know. Old school. Yeah. Old school charmer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when Ellie sees Punk, she starts to cry a bit and she just hugs him. It's been far too long, Ellie. But he's trying to keep it light and a good mood. And he invites her to the Oil Baron's Ball, which I think this is our first mention of the Oil Baron's Ball. Right. Something that they used to go to off camera uh, that we never saw until now. Because they need the writers in the writers' room. They go, we need something. What about an oil baron's ball? One of the best parts of the entire show, in my humble opinion, is the oil baron's ball. Love Those it. and the barbecue and the barbecues and the barbecues are the best. Yes. Anytime you throw everybody together in one thing for an event, stuff's going to happen, and it's going to go down. And I, I, I like I like Punk's enthusiasm. Well, I'm going to have Mavis call you tomorrow morning. It's going to be her idea. She's going to take you out. You're going to buy a real nice dress for yourself. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to get, get up and you're going to come and all the blah, blah, blah. No, 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 punk, punk. I really, I really, really can't do that. It's, I haven't gone without Jock and Jock, Jock's not here. Then he mentions some of the good old boys. Setting up a memorial scholarship in Jock's name. And as soon as he says memorial scholarship, it's as if he has punched her in the face. That's how she reacts. Oh. She, like, well, visibly Ellie. steps back. Well, Ellie, Jock's dead. Ugh, daggers. Daggers. She just turns around and walks the fuck out of the room. Walks back up to her bedroom. And puts her sweater away and then sees Jock's suits and silently emotes. So... Pounding that, oh man, the liver is going to. I'm going to need a refill. (laughs) And then uh, JR goes to see After Network. And the exterior is the same place where uh, Lucy first met Mitch. Yeah. 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 So she's singing where he used to park cars, basically, is what they're trying to imply. Um, And he says he's come, come to deliver Cliff. Cliff, who has been dumped by everyone else in his life. He's freshly available. And he thanks her for tipping him off about Clayton and says, oh, I'm going to owe you a owe you a favor at some point. And she says her his favors are too expensive. Yeah, she's not wrong. She no. she says she'd rather have lost him than have this happen. And that is because Afton actually loves Cliff. Go figure. Yeah, she actually does love him. Has she evolved from his 
you're a loser, Cliff. Um, I don't oh, date yeah, she's, losers. She's totally evolved from that. Like it's like she let herself fall in love with Cliff, and then she has totally changed. Right, right. And then we cut to Ellie walking around the ranch, silently emoting, drink again, silently pounding our livers. Mm. Okay, and then we get to a scene where Rebecca. And Pam are talking, and Rebecca is upset, and she's just like, she says, well, you can't say you didn't warn me, but she's worried that she's gone too far, like she was too harsh. And Pam. Pam is like a, ugh, Pam. Yeah. I don't like this side of Pam. This is Pam, this is Pam being competitive for their mother's affection. I swear to God it is, because she, she's just like, nope, she's just a hard ass about it. And, um. She says, no, 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 like, he deserved it, blah, blah, blah. And Rebecca's like, well, maybe, I kind of think maybe a person should be allowed to make mistakes because, like, uh, yeah, like, she has a lot. And, um, but Pam's like, well, shouldn't they also be prepared to pay for it if they do? I'm like, Jesus Christ, Pam. I'm a bitch, I'm a bitch, oh, the bitch yeah. is back. Super judgy. I don't, I, I don't like that she's, I don't like that Pam's doing this at all. I don't like it. Mm-mm. And they talk about Cliff's uh, competitive streak and his um, overambitiousness and, and the Ewings and the, uh, everything comes back to the bloody Ewings. I, yeah, I was not, I was not, not digging Pam in that scene. No, Pam didn't. That wasn't. It wasn't a good look, Pam. Pam, you get the bell. We need. We haven't even done the bell oh, in yeah. a while. We have done. Hold on. Bell for Pam. Is this the first time it's gone to a woman? I think it might be. Definitely the first time it's gone to Pam. I do agree that Cliff needed to be punished. Oh, sure. Um, he said he made restitution. I, I still feel like maybe the resignation was the right thing to do because obviously the board knew about yeah. it. Internally, people knew about it. And if you don't, if you can't trust like the people you work for, right. then. Right. But she shouldn't but, have turned um, her back. Rebecca shouldn't have said goodbye, Cliff, like that. Right. That was what was harsh. And the fact that. Pam's like, nope, he deserves all of it. Like, mm, wasn't a good look, I didn't think, for Pam. Pam and Cliff are, like, real, I don't want to say wishy-washy, but they're, like, love-hate. Yeah. They're either each other's fiercest defenders or they're each other's right. worst enemies. Yeah. Beyond the Kind years. of like when Sue Ellen is going well with JR and she mm-hmm. doesn't need Bobby and Pam. They're ride or die. It's them against the world. Yeah. And then when things are bad, she's like, oh, God, I'm alone. I need you. I need you. I need everybody. I'm like, you know, Sue Ellen, you can have both. It's not that hard. Right. Like, don't turn your back on the people who love you right. when, you know, things are going it's, good with JR. It's what like, have you done for me lately? For Sue Ellen? It seems like it. Yeah. I think Sue Ellen's she has a really no. just messed up sense of loyalty. Really messed up sense. Well, yeah. And when it's, it's like when Bobby and Pam or whoever, like, tried to express their concerns. Like, okay, maybe you're looking at them through rose-colored glasses because, you know, he bought you jewelry or like fucked you real good last night. You're just not looking this. You're not looking at this logically, girl. Like, trust me, it makes you do stupid things. Um, love, love is blind. And then you'll, you'll defend him and oh, you ha- you don't know he's changed. Blah, blah. Girl, come on. And uh, so, uh, right. and this isn't become an issue too bad yet, but it will later. Sue Ellen's treatment of other women don't love it. Don't love it. So, Ellen, if you believe JR has changed, then I've got some oceanfront property in Nevada for you, okay? But these are all Sue Ellen's um, issues and their attachment issues that have to do with her messed up home life, as all of our issues are. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she cut uh, Dr. Hare, I mean, Dr. Elby off a little too quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dr. Elby. We could have used really Dr. Elby. Yeah. She is like the poster child for childhood trauma unresolved. Oh, yeah. For sure. I think Dr. Elby should have had um, a guest house, like a ra- little ranch yep. bungalow mm-hmm. on South mm-hmm. Fork. He could have just sat at the table every there. night and, and then just been the person when they start fighting at the dinner table. Be like, okay, how does that make you feel? There's a couch in the, the <laughs> there's a couch in the living room. So he could, you know, they could lie on the couch. He could sit in the chair and take yeah. notes. Would have been helpful. Right there. Would have been helpful. You ever, have you ever been to therapy? That's not how it works. <laughs> They told me I was beyond therapy. <laughs> where have I heard that line before? So now we come to the scene where Lucy is sunbathing, and I think she's hiding her pregnancy. 
Her real life pregnancy. She's hiding the baby bump. The baby. She's hiding her yeah. cherished yeah. bump. And Mitch comes in his yellow Mustang to say goodbye because he's taking a job in um, at the burn at a burn center in Atlanta. I know. Yep. So he's come to say goodbye. But he will write to her and let her know that he's settled in and yeah. arrived. That's so funny to me when people are like, oh, I'll write to you. Oh, but I still want to be friends. You're going to you're gonna write to her, Mr. Doctor Man, in your burn unit? While you're attending to burn patients? Are you, are you really – is he really going to write to her? I guess that means it didn't work out with Evelyn since he's just moving to Atlanta. Yeah, that or Evelyn's following him. We don't yeah. know. And – why why write instead of just pick up the phone and say hey yeah i've arrived i'm here it's this isn't 18 the 1800s yeah, where you have I to send a telegram write, wrote letters more than than i mean i used to mm-hmm. write letters which is weird now now that seems more weird. personal I, I did now now it's just uh pull out the cell phone fire off a text and boop, better done. in my opinion i i i, I love mm-hmm. texting Wait, Another another way the show would have been a lot different if they had modern technology of cell phones back oh, yeah. then. I mean, that's. Would you text me when you get there? And I boop, mean, that was done, a new gone. That was a difference about the new series, as they did have that different storyline. Yes, they did. It was a lot easier to track people down yeah. too, instead of they have to call this restaurant and they have to have those phones with all those really long cords yeah. that everybody's tripping over, brought to the table. Yeah. And what cracks me up is that. They had like the full names of like their, like John Ross had like the full names of his like parents or whatever in there, like J.R. Ewing instead of dad. <laughs> like, right. What the fuck? <laughs> well, I, I gave my mom shit about that once because she had my dad in her phone as Tim Joy. And I was like, what the fuck? She's like, I don't know. It's It was just in there. This is his name, right? And I'm like, you've been married to him for 40 years. I think you know his last name. Is he's like the only Tim you know? Like what the fuck? So she's not. She doesn't know it yet. But one day I'm gonna take her phone and like delete his last name and put a bunch of emojis in there, like an axe, a ring, the mad swearing face. Seth's last name is in don't my put phone, any egg, so. don't put any eggplants or anything like that. You guys have a different last yeah. name though. But do you do you know do you know multiple Seths? Yeah, I do. I don't know. Okay. Well, it's like I know multiple Steves or Stevens, and my brother's name is the only one. My brother is the only one that is in my phone as Steve. He's he's I don't know. He's the most important one, I guess. I, don't know. I do everybody's first and last name and address just because when I scroll through, I just like to yeah. everything to be uniform. I like to have last names too most of the time. Hmm. Nowadays, you don't even know people's phone numbers because you just push their push right. their picture yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and it dials. I know, like my mom's phone I number even, because it was my phone number as a kid. But like anybody else's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know my sister's phone number. I just go. No, nope. I don't know mine. Brothers. Dial. No, nope. no idea. I think the day that my mom and dad like moved out of Maine and disconnected their phone number was like a very sad day for me. I was because I I deleted it out of my phone. And I was like, mm-hmm. they've had that number thirty five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 I I still ha- I still have the phone numbers of dead relatives in my phone just for mm-hmm. prosperity. Oh. Well, it's crazy numbers. because like. My my grandmother had my dad's mom had her phone number. They had their phone number since I, you remember back when they were doing um they had like letters at uh-huh. the beginning. Yeah, letters yeah, back in the day. I that, think yeah, yeah. My mom's phone number like was the like first two K6, the first two digits were whatever. Yeah, was that when you had the earpiece and you had to go and it's a yes. rotary thing? Yes, and- because my great grandmother worked for the phone company and she worked, listened in on she listened in on party lines. Yeah. My my mom worked for the phone company. Were were they the original Lily Tomlin? I'm sorry that party does not respond. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, like they had that phone number from I don't know how many years. I think it used to be like different. Like it had the two letters at the beginning, but that phone number was probably in service for like fifty years wow. when and it was that, finally disconnected. Imagine being the voice of the recorded operator voice and then like actually running into that person on the street or oh my somewhere. God. I'd be like traumatized. I'd be like, Oh God, no, you. Oh God. I, I, I've seen the lady who's Alexa. What? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause, uh, she, does she look like she sounds, I, I didn't recognize at first, but she was in, she's from Seattle and she's a local actress and she was in, 
an oh. indie movie that one of Seth's coworkers at Amazon made. And so we went to the movie to see it um, in like a little theater. And uh, they were they had a little thing with the actors at the end. And then and I didn't I didn't catch it. And then Seth leaned over and he's like, that's Alexa. Oh my God, it is. <laughs> oh, today would be Lisa Marie's 55th birthday, by the way. I know. I saw Priscilla's, um, her post about it. Just, uh, heartbreaking. Anyway, can, can we all drink because Miss Ellie has more silent emoting as she oh, walks yeah. past we have the to drink. stables? I'll be emoting. And then she stops and talks to Jock's horse blazer and she did not bring him a, any sugar. No, poor blazer. And Cliff is not doing well. He guy is just he's not doing he, he's you he can He takes tell. a gun out of the friggin' drawer. I know. And I thank mean, God it's Afton at the door. I was worried for a second uh, it was gonna be JR taunting him more. Because I wouldn't put it past JR. Well, what was he gonna do with that gun? Was he gonna go hunt down JR and kill try to kill him? That's already been said and done and you know well, you try something I love different. Cliff says to Afton, if you ever want to stop singing, you should take up fortune telling, which is what I've been saying the whole time. <laughs> See, Cliff See? agrees with me. Cliff, Cliff heard you. Cliff. Yep. Yeah. Cl- he says, quite good at it. I know. She is. She's a witch. Cliff, Cliff has a time machine from Baby Stewie on Family Guy, and he came into the future and heard your heard you on the podcast. Yep. Yep. And he's like, yep, you're the good witch. Yep. She's there to help. Glenda. She's Glinda, the good witch. Yes. But yeah, she's there to try to help him. She's like, look, I will do anything for you. Like, tell me what you need. Do you need me right now? Do you, what do you, what do you need? And he literally is like, yeah, that's sweet, but I don't need anything from you. Oof. I don't need any. Ouch. That hurts. But in a couple scenes, she comes out of the bedroom. So. She does, but I don't. I don't know. We don't know if anything did or didn't happen. So, but we'll yeah. get. Okay, here we go. Oh boy, we're at the warehouse, which is just down from the store and the restaurant. Yes, I was like, "Hey, do you remember when you admitted to me that you killed Jeff Fairday before? Can you maybe like talk about that again, like really loud at my chest?" And uh, they're like, at my oil, at my oiled up chest. <laughs> yeah, of course we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah, we're terrible at our jobs as drug dealers, so we're gonna tell you like exactly how we killed him, and that we're <laughs> drug dealers. And uh, do you need me to repeat that? Did I stutter? Yeah, because I'm totally not wearing a wire. Did totally did your mic, did your did your little tape recorder pick that up all right? <laughs> just it was ridiculous. It was just completely ridiculous. And then. We got them, boys, and it's a sting. Blah. I'm like, oh, really? Crazy. They never saw it coming because they didn't because they're God awful. God damn it. This is a raid. And what <laughs> reminds me of season two is Detective White goes, well, oh, you ever think of a joining the force? So Bobby, you, Bo- Bob, Bobby, <laughs> you, another Bobby Ewing spinoff. All the spinoffs. Yep. And I just wrote, shut up. <laughs> shut up, detective. Go back to your cheesy 70s cop show. Well, at least this didn't last too long, this little subplot, but I hated it. Yeah, it it was a low point. Yeah. And then um, we cut to Sue Ellen arranging her 87,000 yellow roses. Yeah. It's a little ridiculous. Texas. It's it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit. A little bit. What's that Duran Duran song? Overkill? Yeah. So JR shows up to pick up John Ross, but then he tries to play on her sympathy for Ellie to get her to come to have dinner at South Fork. Yeah. JR is just working it, working it, working it. Working it. Working it. He is working it more than the people taking Pam's uh, studio's aerobics classes. Working it more than RuPaul, that's for sure. Well, he's on a mission. Mm-hmm. He, he's on a mission. He, want, he wants those shares. He, well, he wants the shares, yeah, but he yes. also, I think he doesn't know life without the family unit. Like, Sue Ellen's always been there. Now that he has a child, they have a child, like, the child's not there. It's like, I think he, it's familiarity. He's missing that. Yeah, he's missing yeah. that. It's like a big void. Mm-hmm. This big gap. Now, what dumbass doesn't understand is that had he not fucked around and found out in the first place, 
he would still have that family unit intact. All he had yeah. to do was keep it in his pants. Or at least be a little He's... more covert about it. I don't know. He's so stupid. He's the so su- stupid, yeah. The subtle nope rope? The subtle nope rope. Yeah, yeah. A little more subtle, maybe. It would have been. Cause... And, and that's quiet, the thing. I the, feel like Stevellen was noodle. just listening to Patricia talk um, and Kristen talk years before. I think Sue Ellen was raised to be like, well, just look the other way. And she did because it fucking bothered her. Like Jackie Kennedy when and she knew that. She would have looked the other way, but he, if he hadn't been so in her face about it, like with her sister. I mean, dude. Well, even before that. Which Trampy is sleeping with tonight. Well, whoever she is, she's more interested than the one I'm looking at right now. I mean, please. It was the word slut. I know. <laughs> It wasn't tramp. It was slut. And I remember going, ooh, when I first heard that because it was like, damn. Mostly. 1979, 1980, okay. That's pretty. Oh, 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 tramp is reserved for that winger woman. (laughs) (laughs) I think Sue Willen only called her a tramp one time. Did she? And then every. And then every. She's like, oh, look who it is, the winger tramp. And then. Don't tell me JR let you out of bed long enough to enjoy lunch. And then that, Damn, I remember that. that that became the catchphrase. Everyone, uh, p- certain people refer to her always as the winger tramp. Um, so Cliff is doing even worse, sliding right down into the bell jar. He wants to leave Dallas. Yeah, he wants to leave Dallas, and he's calling himself a loser. And uh, Afton is not. She's like, "You're not a loser, you know. Like we can Just, stay together. We could be chair, the two of us, like together. We could." Be a superhero team. And it's a complete 180 bookend to when she said she didn't date losers. Right. Yeah. It just shows her growth and evolving. Yep. And then he's like, nope, I will never beat JR. Like, I just can't do it. And I said, well, maybe, I don't know, crazy idea. Just go on with your life and leave JR behind. Like, literally, I think if he just tried to, like, go on and do whatever the hell he wanted, maybe he wouldn't have he, to deal with JR anymore. But he got he dug himself in so deep that he, and dedicated his it made it, it's like the, the center of his existence was trying to wipe out JR. It became like his identity. Yes. Yeah. And Chinese food. And Chinese food. So Bobby's cleared of all of the charges and they give him the envelope. Did you Get a good look at the contents because that uh, it happened too quickly for me. It was um, something about it Kristen. Was, it was it's a hospital bill, um, dated January first, nineteen eighty one. Okay, so that's that's all we know about that. That's all right. we know. It's it's just a hospital. It looks like an itemized hospital bill, and it has it says Christian Shepherd, and the date is January first. So New Year's Day. Did I see something that said, said like blood type or something? Uh, something about blood. Yeah. Hold up. Yeah. Little Christopher, born in August. Mm-hmm. I know. January hospital bill. Mm-hmm. Blood transfusion? We'll find. Maybe we'll find out. Possible miscarriage? No. We shall see. Same. No. The plot thickens. So, big family dinner. Ellie comes down, surprisingly. She's missed cocktails. Yes. The only ones that are not there are Ray and Donna. And oh, yeah. that's... Yeah. Well, uh, given that Ellie is still upset with Donna at this point. Yeah, it would be a little awkward. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah. She would have been right back up to that bedroom, silently emoting. Right, right, right. And uh, she miss, and then JR says that, you know, he says she missed cocktails. That's the one drink of the day that he doesn't want to miss. <laughs> and, and Lucy's like, yeah, I can't picture you not drinking every single evening, JR. You fucking alcoholic. <laughs> well, it's, no, Lucy. It's just a time for the family to be together and blah blah blah. So they're just make, they're making small talk and about how much they love to drink together. And Sue Ellen <laughs> mentioned something about Jock, and Ellie is starting to silently emote and look across at his empty space. Oh, chug uh-huh. to drink. And so every other scene where she's been in the dining room, she is like tempted to look at his chair, but won't do it. She like looks away. She's like, I'm not looking at it. And she finally looks at it and sees the empty, empty space across from her. I feel the emptiness inside me. And she gets up from the table, walks into the kitchen, and just starts breaking shit. Teresa 
who is dressed like a Puritan with her black and white uh, outfit this time, is sent to ask if anybody needs anything right. to clear yeah, her from the room. Yeah, she keeps Teresa out of the kitchen and then starts breaking shit. <laughs> and Bobby and JR hear it and they tell Teresa no. They go in, they take a look, they, they turn around out. and let her be. Yeah, they peace out. They're like, oh shit, nope. <laughs> Whisper nope, words nope, of nope. wisdom, just let it be. Mm-hmm. Let it go, let it go. Thank you, Anna yep. or Elsa. Um, and that's that's going to result in uh, an entire new set of dishes for the South Fork House. So hopefully they pick out some nice patterns some with the next. Expensive replacements. I don't know. I know. <laughs> and this is some I just have to say, like, this whole scene is amazing. And this is like quality Quality Queen Barbara Balgetti shit right here. This scene. She doesn't just, need like, any dialogue. Just put her in a room. Oh, like there's like 17 put emotions happening at the same time. It, you could see it all happening. She's just a she's a queen, and I love her. We're it's lucky almost to have like her. they just all they the have volcano to do finally just, erupted. Just like give Barbara Balgetti's an index card that said grief on it. Yes, and be like, go in the kitchen. And then she's just like, she's like, got it. All right. Bam. <laughs> yep. 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 Smacks it off the counter, throws this, breaks that. She's amazing. Yep. But and that That's how that, I imagine shit like that goes down. Like it's not even a written scene. Like somebody's just like, you know, like like the writers or the directors are just like, like grieve. Just tell just, just tell Just do your thing. Barbara, just tell do Barbara to grieve. Do. She'll she'll know it. She'll know it. And, and that and the, that happened and there are probably some and there's got to be some of our listeners that watch Knott's Landing. That happened when Constance McCashin's character was killed off of Knott's Landing after nine years. They had a two-part episode where the main cast gathered, and it was actually filmed at David Jacobs' house. And they didn't have a script. They gave all the characters basically what you said, cue cards, bullet points. And they let them improvise the entire two-part episode. Cool. Because they had been I, with those characters for nine years, and they knew their yeah, ins and outs. They knew and their, it. Yeah, and that was nine years. This is what five five years or so, or thereabouts, roughly, or four four or five years. And yeah, grief. Go, Barbara. Just do it. Yep. Now, unfortunately, this the scene I was thinking of with Jr. and the low octave voice. I think it's in the next episode. <laughs> Oh, okay. Spoiler. Yeah, because it it took place it took place on the South Fork like veranda. Mm, yeah, with Sue Ellen. So everybody listening, come back next time and you'll find out what that scene is. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I see. Because I used to watch these episodes like back to back and like all the time, and I think I started meshing them together. I forgot that this one ends with Miss Ellie like smashing everything in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I don't know this the scene where one she goes scene. over to yeah. Oh, one more scene. One more scene where she goes to Donna's. Because Donna has to tell the publisher. She has to give the publisher an answer today, basically. That's right. Ellie comes over, super contrite. She needed to get it out. Yeah. She asked for, basically, forgiveness for being a biatch. (laughs) (laughs) Tells Donna to go Sorry, I forgot. My notes stopped. I watched this episode a million times before, but I, I thought I could do okay. But you know what, guys? I didn't do my homework, so I get an F minus. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> and she tells Donna to go ahead and write the book as she was going to. And Jock's friends would know and understand. And Jock's well, enemies. They, they know he's they're, a bastard. They're, Jock's enemies, who really gives a damn? They're, they're, they're not going to understand anyway. Right. They're going to think she says, that the, to tell the truth because Jock did not lie. And she's like, isn't that right, Ray? And Ray's like, yep, he didn't lie. And I'm like, but yep. he kind of did. I mean, oh, yes, the yes oh, ma'am. He, he, he called Mr. Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Omission. Are we counting? We're not counting lying by omission? Like the whole first wife uh, thing? But okay, that's first fine. First wife we're, thing. The affair not, thing. The affair thing. If we're just... Well, if we're did, not did counting he, that, then yeah, he didn't lie. Right. <laughs> didn't he tell Ellie that he 
when he was came back from the service that he had been with someone? Yeah, he did tell her that. I don't think okay, he told he her, her the whole thing. I don't think that he I don't think I could be wrong, but I don't think that well, he, like he said that it was Margaret and that like that's the person he had an affair with's kid who's coming to live with them. Right. I mean, he didn't know at the time that he uh, impregnated Margaret. Right, but I I doubt that he told Ellie that that was oh, this is my ex-girlfriend's kid is going to come work on our ranch. Yeah. That, and he's going to and he's going to grow to think of you as a motherly type too. Right. Mm. <laughs> so she, she ends it with saying like memories are forever. I know that Jack's not coming back. But I have my memories of it. And my memories are forever. And scene. Scene. Freeze frame. Ellie. And then Ellie. So we have to drink two more times because it's not JR. Is everybody two sheets to the wind? Holy shit. Uh Um, Okay. So I am giving this 4.9 bourbons only being brought down by the terrible drug dealer. Only being brought down (laughs) one thing because the drug dealer thing was so stupid but 4.9 bourbons and a standing ovation that starts with a slow clap for queen barbara belgetti's the next to last episode of the season so obviously there's going to be stuff Nothing. flying left and right fond farewell to lee mccluskey um stupid drug dealer scenes yeah those that uh, you uh, almost felt like I was cutting away from Dallas to a badly written 70s cop show at points, which did bring it down to, a, like you said, a 4 9. Oh, I will agree with bit. you there. And I am, I'm going to give it a set of, a new set of uh, dishware. Nice. For South Fork. Okay. Well, that was that was one of my answers. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a 4.9 as well. Only brought down by the drug dealers, but instead of like a fresh set of fine china, I'm gonna offer a brick of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> because that drug deal was so dollars worth of cocaine. One hundred thousand dollars worth of cocaine. <laughs> because that that oh my god that was so, they're terrible drug dealers so they're bad, terrible so bad <laughs> fucking terrible i bet if you put a brick in front of them and asked them to cut it they'd be like how what what do you yeah. what do you what what do you you could we put just a brick the stuff we don't cut it you could put a brick of sugar or a brick of flour in front of them they probably wouldn't know the difference they're that baking soda baby laxatives <laughs> Baking soda, baking soda. So bad. Uh, not that I know anything about cocaine. Who the fuck knows anything about cocaine? I don't. They're supposed to. They're cocaine dealers <laughs> from Los Angeles. They're supposed dealers, to. Dealers, not necessarily users, though, right? They should know their business better, is all I'm saying. And what was interesting <laughs> is Kristen's first dabbling in the drug scene came when she was at a party in Los Angeles just after she arrived in the, her episode of Knott's Landing. Right. And she got picked up in a raid. And one of the druggies was Tom Fuccello, who plays Dave Culver. Yeah. Huh. Dave. Oh, Dave Culver. Dave, don't let that get back to your, um, your people let, no, next no, no. time you're running for office. All right. Well, join us next time where we'll – it'll be the season finale. Uh, Should we go live? Which, uh, yeah, we could do it live. Yeah. And its title Um, is what? Goodbye Goodbye, Cliff Barnes. Barnes. It's episode 26, 103 of the series. Oh, is he leaving uh, the city? Is he he moving out of Dallas? Yeah, I think he, well, he was thinking about it, right? He's thinking about leaving. That's what he said. 
Oh, um, so he must be moving. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, get your last minute uh, donations into the Jim Davis Memorial Fund because we're gonna we're gonna cut it after the end of the season because this is kind of where the Jim Davis Jock storyline kind of ends. So um, yeah, get your last minute donations. That uh, address is in your show notes. And um, yeah. Anything else? So I assume Cliff is going to go work for Wally Hampton, and that's why it's called Goodbye Cliff Yep, Arms. yep, that's it. Yeah, he's going to go hang out with Mitch in Atlanta, I think. At- Atlanta, Atlanta. Atlanta, yes. yep. Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay, well, we will see you next time for the season finale. Bye. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> Our memories are forever. Next on Dallas. I need you. I know I can build a new life if you just believe in me and love me. Cliff, I think you should know that JR has asked me to marry him. When I found out that Cliff was using Wentworth funds, I fired him. I think it's time you did the same with JR. He used Ewing funds to destroy my son. My own brother tried to blackmail me. So I'm going to vote to throw him out of Ewing oil until I take him apart. I'm going to remove you as president of Ewing Oil. You won't be able to do that.